I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm glad Biden won, right? Trump is out of office. Yay, yay, yay. But I feel like that's not consistent with what the fuck 2020 was. Like, I wish Trump would have won only for the consistency. Welcome to the Empty Opinions Podcast, bitch. All right, everybody. It's time. We have come to the end of the line. 2020 is over. One of the craziest years that anybody who's been alive could attest to. A lot of crazy shit. Yeah, a lot of crazy shit happened on this year. All these people always trying to act like I'm not here. You just know that I'm going to thrive. It don't matter where I be at. All you people always acting like I'm this fucking BF. Cause I be making these hits. And I be singing like this. And I be rapping like Russ. But I'm not that type of, you know, cornball. <laughs> Russ, I, or, you know, Russ is corny. But it's like, what can you do? Russ is going to be who he is. He is somebody who we kind of... <laughs> now I'm just going to go into Russ rant. Listen, this was not planned at all. But, I mean, if we're here, let me just talk about how, like, Russ is interesting as an artist. Because, like, <clears throat> you know, he is... What he stands for and what he has done is very impressive. And it's something everybody should look at. But, you know, somebody being as cocky as he is, right? And, like... You know, the fact that people just, just kind of hate him is kind of a testament to, I think, the Internet. I think the Internet is interesting. It's an interesting place because, in a way, the Internet is a place for all, like, people who felt bullied or, you know, be, people who weren't cool in their school or, like, aren't recognized or are cool or don't really have any power. Like, the Internet is the place where they can all gather and be cool and have some sort of power. That's where a lot of things like cancel culture and, like, you know, you know, people getting canceled or like people getting taken down. It's like, oh, you got to apologize for this. You got to do that. Like that mob mentality is mainly with just the, I would say nerdier or like not cool people on the internet who now all of a sudden have found themselves to have power. That's really interesting. So that's why I'm not on, you know, social medias anymore. That's one of the more, that's just one of the developments that have occurred in my personal journey in 2020. But yes, I don't know why I went in a rust rant. <laughs> that might be my fucking ADHD if I, if I do have it. But, you know, no, I'm not here to discuss rust. This isn't the, the episode, you know, I'm not doing a, a 2020 wrap up to talk about rust. I'm here to talk about 2020. Like I said, one of the craziest years in a long time. A lot of crazy shit happened this year. But the way that I want to start this wrap up of 2020, because I want to kind of do a, a through line of everything that kept happening this year. But I want to just start with the first like two and a half months of 2020 when there wasn't a pandemic or when at least we weren't in quarantine. So interesting how we kind of. You know how obviously, you know, for good reason, we've kind of completely forgot about anything that's happened this year besides the coronavirus and the pandemic. But it's crazy to think that at the beginning of this year, we weren't dealing with that at all. People were just, you know, people were still at NBA games. People were still, at, you know, I don't know if football was around earlier this year. It was, I think, like the Super Bowl. Like shit was happening. People were out at bars, even though, you know, the virus was supposedly already here. And suppose and obviously, you know, it had been a big deal in China. Um, so but I just want to go through like what happened before the pandemic, uh, because this is interesting to look back on. It. Well, let's just say this, right? Like you knew this year was going to be cursed because from January 2nd, like I got some of these dates down here. January 2nd, Australia was burning down. Do you remember the forest fires? I remember that shit was crazy. That was like one of those things, apparently like the biggest forest fires of, you know, of any forest fire, like 70% of the wildlife was like dead and burnt. It was some fucking crazy statistic with how much shit was burning down over there in Australia. It was like, like I said, one of the biggest wildfires we've seen in a long time. That was the second year of 2020. So now I'm excited to not excited, but I'm definitely curious to see how 2021 starts. Can you imagine 2020? We all think, oh yes, 2021 is done. We're 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 all, we're out of the the deep waters. We're finally making it to a more peaceful time. And then January second, it's a fucking terrorist attack. It's like that would be incredibly fucking bad luck. Like that would be really bad. 
<laughs> Look, can you imagine? Can you imagine off-rip, like, there's a fucking nuclear bomb that goes off somewhere? It's. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen. But I don't think 2021 is going to be way better than this year, right? Like, I think 2021 is going to be maybe more calm. And in 2021, things are going to seem more normal because we're going to be able to handle... We're going to be able to know what to do with this fucking pandemic, which, like, this year, people were just fucking dumb. Like, people didn't know how to... People still don't know. It's been six months and nobody has tried to figure out how do we get around this or, like, you know, not even been... It's been nine months and nobody has tried to figure out, okay, how do we live with this shit that is happening that we obviously can't stop? It's a fucking virus. What everybody's thoughts are just, hey, let's just stop everything. Let's pause everything. And then when things, you know, when the virus suddenly goes away or when we have vaccines for everybody, like half a year from now, then we'll continue. How fucking smart. I mean, people are just, you know, instead of people trying to figure out how to keep life going, that's what we should have all been doing. But instead it was like, no, you got to stay home for this amount of time and then nobody's doing it and now it's worse. And obviously, you know, at this point, it's like you can't force these people. Like, have you seen Houston? Have you seen fucking Florida? Like these places haven't shut down ever. So it's like at this point, you just have to try to live with it and like implement certain shit so that like people don't, you know, to reduce the risk of catching it, you know, mask everywhere, you know, gloves, maybe, you know, hand sanitizer everywhere. I think that's just common sense. That we should have been doing from like for a long time, like from the summer. I think we should have been doing that. All right, but whatever. I got off track. Let me go back to my little timeline. So January second, Australia is burning down. That's how we start the year. And January third, a high-ranking general of like Iraq or Iran, I don't remember exactly where, is killed. And now everybody thinks World War Three is about to happen. And you best bet those memes about World War Three. And those were fucking hilarious. That was like a good week. It was like a week stretch where everybody was just making World War Three memes. And it was hilarious. And that was Gen- January 3rd. Again, this is the third. Whoa, I was doing this. January 3rd. This is the third year of 2020. And now people are believing we're in the precipice of a war. It's like, it, it's shit you can't even write. It's like. We already knew it was like, damn, 2020 is a wild place before the pandemic even happened. And the pandemic happened. It was like, OK, this one's for the ages is what we all thought. But yeah, January 3rd, you know, we thought World War Three was going to happen. Then the most important news of the year happened. January 8th, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have stepped down from the royal fucking family. <laughs> what? Are you fucking kidding me? Can you guys believe that? That shit really happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I just wrote that down as a fucking joke. Like, I, I saw that. I'm like, because I was looking on the Internet. I was like, what were some of the biggest events of the year before the pandemic happened? Because I wanted to remind myself because I know shit happened in the first two months of the year. But then and then that was in there. I'm like, really? That was one of the b- big shockers of 2020. Oh, my God. Prince Harry and Meghan Parkle aren't going to not aren't going to pretend to be doing shit anymore because they were never never. They never did shit. So what's the issue with them stepping down if they never did anything? But I just can't believe it was part of it. But I just put it down as a joke, as a gag. Um, And that was, I mean, and everything was kind of, you know, it was all crazy shit. It was all like this, you know, like bad omen after bad omen. But then when people started passing away, that's when shit got real. And that's why I feel like this is like the year of death. If there's a way to describe this year, I will say death. That's how I would describe it. Like, because think about it. Everything that we have been, the vibe of this year has just all been like really fucking dark. And there's been so much shit. And I mean, let me go back to the, to the, what happened before the pandemic timeline. But like January 26, Kobe passes away. And that was like a big fucking shocker. I think it was the weekend of the, the Grammys. Um, fucking crazy. You know what I mean? Like one of those icons that people still can't believe it's passed away. Somebody who's had a legacy of like second to Jordan almost. And I think that was also purposeful because Kobe was very inspired by Jordan. So a lot of the things he did and his mentality, a lot of that shit was all kind of inspired by Jordan. And Kobe kind of just took it to a next level in terms of implementing that into his life. So in a lot of people, you know, Kobe is just one of the names. It's even like a meme. Like you throw a basketball, you'd be like Kobe, right? Like you say that. And just as a basketball player, he's had such a big legacy. Like all around the world, people knew 
who Kobe Bryant was because he kind of brought that excitement to basketball of somebody who's almost psychopathic in their in their desire to win. That's the thing that a lot of people remember Jordan for is that not only was he always a winner, he was always, you know, saying I'm going to win at, at, you know, at, at any means by any means necessary. Right. Like that's what Jordan was all about. And Kobe kind of brought that thing, which made basketball exciting again for a lot of people in a way that it hasn't been exciting for a lot of casual fans, because a lot of casual fans, you know, they, they enjoy, you know, they've enjoyed Obviously, Seth Curry shooting the threes, like the crazy threes and just shooting threes, which is just one of the most exciting, besides dunks, one of the most exciting parts of the game, right? Just fucking pulling up and shooting a three in somebody's fucking face. Because it seems simple until you get into the court and you try to make all those threes that Seth Curry is doing. But, you know, Seth Curry definitely did bring some sort of excitement back to the league. But just in general, there isn't anybody in the league with a really high drive to win and, like, psychopathic in the way they want to win. Like, not even LeBron. Like, I don't even think LeBron really wants to win. You know what I mean? Because I, he he never, you know, he see, he seems to take over certain games, like in the finals and the semifinals. He was, you know, he was very aggressive, you know, playing basketball. But even then, like, the fact that he would pass it to Danny Green for the last shot, it's like it's a smart move, but it's not like the type of move that is going to get a casual fan excited because they're like, oh, this motherfucker doesn't care about any thing that has been thrown at him, he's going to make the last shot of the game. That's something that Kobe and Jordan, you know, brought to the game that made it exciting for casual fans. So, you know, Kobe passing away in January 26th, that was a crazy. I remember I didn't really feel nothing when I heard the news of that. I was like, oh, fuck, this this is sad. But it didn't really hit me until I heard that his, like, daughter was in a plane. That's what was like, oh, man, because I can't even imagine... I don't know. I just never want to hear the news of a little kid dying. You know what I mean? You never want to hear that shit. That's just kind of, that's just, <laughs> that's just too depressing. But, but, um, yeah, Kobe passing away January 26th. What a fucking way to start that year. What a way to cap off a crazy month before even the pandemic. And then you get to, you know, one more event before the pandemic that I found interesting. It's just Pop Smoke passing away. Somebody who had put out his, his album, Meet the Woo 2, who, who was on his way to so being one of the biggest artists of the year, um, a week after he puts out the album, he gets killed. And it's just one of those things. It's one of those moments in hip-hop where it's like, what the fuck, really? Where is it? Like, the way I saw it was just like, I didn't even get to be attached to this person. You know what I mean? Like, he hadn't been around for that long. Maybe like a year at that point. Less than a year. Because when, well, he had been uh, around for longer. But when Welcome to the Party came out, that was like around... August, September of 2019. So it hadn't even been a full year since he really broke out. And then he put out Meet the Woo 2 and then getting killed a week afterwards. It's just something that, again, another bad omen for the year because we would see a lot of things like that of our hip-hop artists really being endangered and seeming like they're being targeted almost, like with the frequency of them getting hurt or killed or dying. Um yeah, Pop Smoke definitely set that precedent for artists, for hip-hop artists in the year to be careful because you see what could happen. And it's crazy that that happened to him before he could really enjoy his success. And obviously, you know, Posthumous, that album, uh, 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 Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon, that was apparently one of the biggest, I think that was the biggest hip-hop album of the year. Fucking crazy. That was or just regular album. I don't remember. I think, no, I think hip-hop. That ended up being the biggest hip-hop album of the year because Pop Smoke was one of those artists that was definitely going to be huge in the game simply because women liked them. You know what I mean? It's like as simple as that. Like women loved listening to his music. Women liked them. Women were obviously they loved his voice, but the music that he was making, he was starting to head into this, you know, direction where he was making more you know, more women appropriate music. It wasn't no fucking baby welcome to the party. I don't mind saying no lean. That's why I'm looking retarded. That's why I'm more retarded. Like it wasn't like that hard fucking core. You know what I mean? Like uh, drill music. He was doing some R and B music and we saw a lot of it in his album, which is also probably why it was so big. Um he just became one of those artists that women and men both loved him almost equally so that that guarantees you a spot at one of the biggest artists 
in the music in, in the music industry because look at Drake. That's the way Drake has been able to be so successful. He he's one of those artists that a lot of guys love and a lot of women love. You know what I mean? And they love him equally because he knows how to make music for both. You have to have both in order to be successful, man. You can't just appeal to the guys or you can't just appeal to the to the women. Um, that's why Nicki Minaj isn't as big anymore because she only makes music for... <laughs> she only makes music for black women and gay guys. And granted, that's a very... That's a diehard demo that if you have, you're lucky because they're going to ride for you till the day you die. But that limits... Your ceiling, I think. But that's besides the point. So those five events happened before the pandemic even started. And then the pandemic came. And let's just talk about that. Because that was interesting. Like, that was a very interesting time. Because I remember. I remember the day everything kind of went to shit. And it was like March 13, I believe. And that's when Tom Hanks got it. And the NBA canceled the season. And everybody was like, whoa, what? Because before that, things were getting like slightly worse and worse and worse. Like more and more cases were being reported, more and more panic. It, it was like gradual too. It was like in the beginning of March, it was like we already knew there were cases. But like in two weeks, by March 13th, everybody was like, all right, shut everything down. The whole world is shut down. Everybody was like, what? Like people couldn't believe it. Like, it was really surreal. And then, you know, the quarantine happened. But the fact that a virus, like, it, it seemed, it's one of those things now that, that you know, it was so crazy. Because think about it. Like, a lot of people probably weren't buying into the hype. Because it's like, this is so ridiculous. That's so crazy to even imagine that there would be a virus that's killing people. This shit seems like it's straight of a, a, out of a horror movie, right? Straight out of a video game. You know, the virus, the, the Plague Inc. video game? That's exactly how... You know, this fucking year turned out with the virus. Everybody was like, or well, not everybody. I certainly was like, I don't know. I'm I'm hesitant. I don't think this is going to kill everybody. Um, But it was one of those things where the whole world shut down. And that was what was really crazy. That's what scared a lot of people. The fact that the world shut down, right? Even if you were somebody like me who was just like, I don't know, it's, it, you know, I don't think this virus is going to kill everybody. I'm not that scared of it. I don't, probably don't care if I have it. If anything, I would like to catch it early so that I don't have to worry about, you know, that anxiety of catching it maybe in the future, um, which they call me a madman for. But I feel like my I told that to my parents and they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? You want to catch it? I'm like, no, I don't want to catch it, but I am probably I'm going to catch it regardless. Which which I was right with. Like, everybody's going to catch this shit at some point. Maybe not if you get the vaccine. But if you don't get the vaccine, you're definitely going to catch it. So I was just like, I don't want to catch this shit. So, you know, I just want to get it early to get it over with. You know what I mean? That's my mentality. And I think that's that has to do with my anxiety. It's just like, all right, man. Get me, get this shit done and over with. I hate this fucking suspense. That's my anxiety. It's like... I can't, you know, I can't be in this gray area for too long. I need to know exactly what the fuck is happening. But, you know, yeah, when it first, when the pandemic first happened, it wasn't necessarily that a lot of people were scared that they thought they were going to die because it didn't seem like regular people, at least my age or even average, like 30 years old, like those people didn't seem like they were really dying at an alarming rate. It was, it, it was just the fact that the whole world shut down. And that was crazy, right? And then, then the shutdown, and it was one of those things where people really thought, we'll be back to regular shit in two weeks. Because everybody thought, okay, if we stay inside for two weeks, it's over. But the problem was, nobody, people didn't really stay inside for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, that was a, to this day, and even that, and even that's the thing, it's like, if everybody, you know, goes into quarantine for two weeks, that doesn't guarantee, I thought that was like, that is the idea that a lot of people have, that it's like, you know, that means if everybody, absolutely everybody goes into quarantine for two weeks, then it's just going to die and we're going to be chilling. But what people forget is that it's the United fucking States of America and people can do whatever the fuck they want, really. Like, there's a lot of freedom, almost too much freedom. Like, I know Charlemagne the God on his podcast the brilliant idiots he says that a lot but it's like america there's too much freedom in america and nowhere did it become more apparent than in 2020 because we saw like they were saying don't come out you can't kill people you know respect quarantine stuff and people were fucking partying you know what i mean like 
people didn't give a fuck. People still kept doing whatever the fuck they were going to do. So it was just one of those things where like, and you can't stop them because that's the whole point in America. It's like individual freedom is very important. So you can't really lock people down, right? If this was fucking China, we could have been locked out. Everybody, and if anybody came out of their house, you shoot them in their head and we're good. And that's how probably China was able to get over, over it really quickly, or at least were able to control it much quicker than us. Or like a lot of those Eastern countries were able to really, you know, that they were just able to uh, eradicate the virus pretty easily. Like I think in Korea or, or Japan, like apparently the shit don't even exist. People are going to parties or going to fucking pool parties, pool concerts, crazy shit. Right. So that's the thing about America. That's what the pandemic kind of showed. It's just, you know, that, that you can't control shit. You, you know, you can only hope to work around it and not to stop anything because nothing's going to stop it. People were, you know, in March, like a week after everybody was supposed to be in quarantine, people were coming out. You couldn't stop them. Unfortunately, you just couldn't stop them. And that's the reason why it's worse than ever now in December, where it should have been worse than ever, like maybe around June, July. That's the one thing I didn't see coming because I definitely did a prediction. I was going to be like, I said, by June, we're going to be good. There's not going to be any fucking virus by June. We're going to be fine. Shit is going to be fine, right? Like, uh, that's, that was my prediction. But the thing I didn't keep in mind, and nobody kept in mind, in order for that to happen, it, will, I, it would have to be perfectly like nobody goes out. And people kept going out because, you know, whether they had to work. Right. Obviously, people had to work. You can't just, you know, certain people, certain people can afford to just not work for a full year. Others don't have that fucking luxury. Others literally have to work and make money or they're going to get kicked out, kicked out of their houses. Right. They have to find some way of fucking making income. So, you know, people were working. So there was people out. People were buying groceries or people out like it was just it was just an impossible situation. We're trying to contain this virus and we're seeing the effects of it right now. But. Yeah, the, the pandemic around March, thir March 13 was when it all changed in 2020. Shit was already bad before that, but it just got turned to a whole new level. Then, as if that wasn't enough, around June, George Floyd gets killed with a knee to his neck for 8 minutes and 44 seconds? Or 42 seconds? I don't remember. But, um... Oh, no, is it 14? Yeah, it's 14. 8 minutes and 14 seconds. Um, and protests begun, protests have begun, they began, they will begin, however the fuck you want to say it, whatever is the, the, the grammarly way to say that shit, <laughs> the, the, the grammatically correct way of saying it, that's how I meant to say it, so don't fucking judge me, also I'm a little tired, because I woke up early today, don't know why I woke up so early, there was no alarm clock, it is what it is, um, after doing this podcast, I'm gonna, you know, go fucking... Go to Wawa, drink a coffee, buy, you know, eat me a sourdough, uh, a fully loaded sandwich and uh, and buy a pretzel maybe for later and, you know, be Gucci and work for the rest of the day. But what the fuck was I saying? The protest came and that was another part that felt like straight out of a movie, especially when I was working because I was doing Uber Eats at the, at the whole the after, you know, because when the pandemic came and everything was shut down, the movie theater I was I was working at was also shut down so i was like okay but then i started doing uber eats and i was doing very well but i'll get to that in my reflection of my personal journey later on this episode but you know i was doing uber eats and that was another part that felt really crazy because when it was really bad in terms of the protest not only in the world but here in philly like i was just doing uber eats deliveries and there was like major streets closed right so i had to get around it's a fucking nightmare and then you would hear the helicopters and, and, and you'll see the people protesting. I'm like, oh, my God. And then you will see all the places that were looted here in Philadelphia. And it was just fucking surreal. Like, that was another thing that felt like a movie, right? Like, not only the pandemic shit, but also the, the protests. Like, that was wild. Like, all that shit happening around the same time. And that was one of those moments where, like, that could have, if we look back, that probably could, there might be some semblance of a root of change happening coming from that. It may not be immediate. It might take a long time, but I feel like there could be some long-term effects 
to the protests that happened this year and everything with the police because I feel like it is starting to be more and more mainstream, like the police brutality and just how crazy it can be and the shit that they be doing, like the cops. Like, um, I know I did an episode on, like, just, just the whole cop culture and how something like this could happen and what we need to do to make sure this doesn't happen again. I feel like there is this, you know, this this feeling of that happening soon. Um, at least people taking a look at the flawed justice system in terms of police, like in police departments, like people are starting to see the cracks in police. Right. And it's so funny because like I was watching, uh, Andrew Schultz, he put out a special on Netflix, uh, Schultz saves America. And he was talking about, he was talking about how like white people love cops. And that's why there's been such a disconnect with white people believing police brutality. It's like black people all suffer from cops and then white people absolutely love them. So this is weird disconnect and that's why. But I think now, especially with the George Floyd video, a lot of white people who previously didn't realize how crazy it can get with cops. They saw that and they were like, oh, my God, I still haven't seen that George Floyd video. That's what that's got to be probably one of the most disturbing and, and traumatizing videos you could ever you could ever see like if that shit was posted on reddit that would be like a not safe for life video that's how crazy that shit would be but you know that happened and it opened the eyes of a lot of people and it felt like you know what it felt like when that happened when the protests were happening and all the shit was happening it gave me the same vibe that when trump won that's how big of a disappointment in america a lot of americans had like you could see everybody you know the blackout tuesday thing which you know maybe for the better for the worse probably for the worse but people had the good intentions so i'm not gonna kill them for that but whoever started that shit was kind of crazy because you know that was just putting black to any piece of news that could be on instagram it was crazy it was like it might have been some fucking some infiltrating some some agent of chaos infiltrating and being like you know let's start this blackout tuesday thing so that nobody knows what the fuck we're doing it was a chaotic time in the summer man it was a fucking chaotic time Cause on top of, and then, you know, obviously the way Donald Trump was handling, you know, like the thing with the cops and the protests. And I mean, we're going to get to the new president in a moment, but a lot of this shit was just fucking nuts, man. The protests, the protests, I think worked in a way where like it sowed this seed of distrust in cops that is inevitably, I think going to cause change and how things are done and i feel like we're not gonna see it this year maybe not next year but i think in the next couple of years maybe by 2025 i think we're gonna look back to the protests that happened in 2020 and we're gonna be like okay yeah this is pretty crazy and then the protests also brought this whole debate of looting of what the fuck you know rioting and looting it was like don't loot because that's stupid. Like, it got me into a fucking argument with this girl I was talking to. <laughs> I was arguing with her about, like, the looting. I'm like, listen, the looting could probably work. And she was like, no, that shit doesn't work. It was just arguing while eating fucking Applebee's. It was interesting. Um, in my apartment, oh, man. That, there was a lot of shit that happened to me, too. But, you know, I usually leave my ego shit at the end of the episode. So I'll save that for the end talk about how my personal journey of this year was but that was about it with protests i mean you know about it yeah pandemics you know a pandemic and protest that fucking deadly combination oh and i was also gonna say the reason why protests became so big this year also was just like everything was shut down everybody was supposed to be in quarantine people were like oh finally i can go out and socialize and feel like i'm doing some actual change in this crazy ass year fuck yeah i'm doing it like a lot of people just went out because they have been stuck in their houses for two months, three months. So they were like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go protest. That was like their fuck this. I'm going to go to the club. Fuck this. I'm going to go play basketball. Fuck this. I'm going to go to the dog park. That was like that equivalent of that for 2020. Fuck that. I'm going to go protesting and looting and rioting. That's how crazy shit got. But then you turn to, you know, a couple months later. Things seem are seemingly getting more and more back to normal. But then you remember, oh, shit, this is a fucking election year. <laughs> We're supposed to, you know, choose a new president this year. It's either going to be Trump again or Biden somehow has made it to the top of the line, beating Bernie and beating fucking, you know, Tulsi Gabbard and beating Andrew Yang and beating Mike. Well, no, Mike Pence <laughs> wasn't running against Trump. 
and beating Elizabeth Warren and like all these people, right? And so now it's Biden versus Trump, and now obviously when politics, you know, that's the thing. Those are like the triple P's that will get you fucking, that will cause fucking societal, uh, what's the, what's the term when society's in a brink of fucking extinction? What the fuck? Like, you know, like, um, shit is going crazy with, with society. There we go. That's the way I would say it. Shit, you know, that's the way to, oh, so, social turmoil. Turmoil is the term I was looking for. In terms of like how you get society, like how you get a society into a turmoil, you got to get the three P's out, bro. That's what we learned this year. You got to get the pandemic, the protests, and the president. You get, you mix those three and <laughs> best believe shit is going to be turbulent. But yeah, Biden versus Trump, everybody's saying, listen, like, you know, that was a big thing. It was like, Listen, Biden is better than Trump. Nobody likes Biden, but Biden is better than Trump. But they were like, we can't do this worse of two evils or, or, yeah, the better of two evils type of shit anymore. We did that with Hillary. Can't do that shit anymore. For, fuck these presidents. Uh, I'm not voting for anybody. I'm voting for Biden. I'm voting for Trump. You know, obviously the typical fucking election discourse that you see every four years. It's almost comical at this point how crazy people get about choosing the president. I think, I think... We need to realize as a society that, and one of my professors would probably disagree with me, Professor Brian Monroe, because he talked a lot about how like choosing the president like does matter because he appoints the people in the Supreme Courts and shit, and this and that, right? And that's more in an in a, in a um, federal and national level, but in terms of like where you live in in a, in a state level. Like the president, the, the president doesn't fucking matter. And I think people get so crazy about choosing a president. They get crazier about choosing a president than they do about fucking, I don't know, like they, choosing whoever is going to be their mayor, who's going to make decisions that actually affect them personally, right? Like directly. It's that, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, obviously choosing a president could have its side effects. Obviously we saw with Trump. That the Supreme Court is now 6-3 in favor of Republicans. That's something that happened because Trump was president. I understand that. And that's a big change. But in terms of shit that is personally going to affect you, like literally on your day-to-day, fuck the president, man. I already did a podcast titled, uh, a podcast episode I did already titled Fuck the President. Because it's like, fuck the president. We need to stop, like, because the president thing becomes like a popularity you know, contests instead of like actual policies where like, if you look at state level shit, state level elections, that's where the real change gets done. But you know what? The one silver lining in the craziest years that was 2020 was that Biden won the presidency, you know, silver lining to a lot of people, you know, apocalypse for a lot of other people. But it's just funny. Like, to be honest, I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm glad Biden won, right? Trump is had office. Yay, yay, yay. But I feel like that's not consistent with what the fuck 2020 was. Like, I wish Trump would have won only for the consistency. Listen, I'm an OCD person. I don't like shit that isn't consistent. So if keeping 2020 as horrible as it possibly could have been and keeping it consistent meant electing Donald Trump again as the president... It would have been fucked up. It would have been a, people would have been depressed, right? Like a lot of shit would have been like, crazy once again, similar to when Trump won in 2016. But at least it would have been consistent. And that's one of the things I only give a fuck about is consistency, man. Because I don't know. But again, you could create this uh, narrative of like shit going, you know, things getting really bad until like November, whenever, like midway through November. And now new vaccines are being found and vaccines are being passed and, and shit is looking better for 2021. So I guess in that way, we'll have to see how 2021 goes. If 2021 is pretty good, then I would appreciate the narrative of things changing course when Biden was elected, right? Like I would appreciate that narrative, but if shit is bad in 2021, I would be like, Okay, you know, we should have just kept it consistent. Fuck the Biden winning. Let's keep a Trump and let's keep the chaos going, baby. Uh, <laughs> but that's everything. You know, that's how we ended the year, right? Like now we're ending the year with like people getting vaccinated. So I guess there is a little bit of a silver lining. We started the year with like 
World War Three and Australia burning down and Kobe passing away, we're ending it when people getting vaccines, hopefully, so that next year we won't be so affected by the pandemic that we're currently living in. Um, one last thing I want to say before I move on to my personal journey is that it's it's crazy. The one thing that is really interesting that was really interesting to see is just how quickly humans can adapt to anything. Like, think about it. Like, if, if somebody from 2019 traveled to to now, to, like, the end of 2020, and saw all these people wearing masks, like, it's nothing. At least here in Philadelphia. I can't speak for Texas and Florida. But if somebody from, 20, uh, from 2019 or 2018 traveled and w- would see everything that's going on and people just wearing masks, they would think, like, the it's an apocalypse. They would think the world is ending. But... To us, now it's just, this shit is just regular. Everybody's just wearing their mask, at least here in Philly. It's just a normal thing. You just wear your fucking mask, bro. It's like a very simple thing. People are getting used to wearing the mask. It's, it's really interesting how quickly humans can adapt to anything. That's one thing that can kind of, you know, if you want to look at it a certain way, it can kind of give you hope because it's like, okay, humans can adapt to anything. So if anything bad happens... You know, maybe we'll survive like fucking cockroaches. Probably not. But I'm just saying, to look at this year in a positive way, maybe, you know, maybe humans, what we showed is that we're resilient. We can survive through anything. Even a fucking pandemic and protests and a new president and, you know, people dying left and right again. Oh, and I guess I want to emphasize my theory of this being the year of death. It is. I mean, pandemic. How many people have fucking died? Like, probably 300,000 at this point. A lot of fucking people dead and people and a lot of people dying on a daily basis, daily basis. And we're kind of just kind of I feel like Americans at this point are just numb to that shit. That's why a lot of people don't give a fuck about the pandemic or the virus anymore. They're just doing shit. It was like, whatever, I'm not staying home. I want to do shit. I want to go to clubs. I want to go to fucking Texas, Houston and meet James Harden partying at a club. That's what I want to do. Fuck all these people dying. I don't give a fuck. I think it's because there's a numbness too so many people dying you can only care for so much in so long like if you're an empathetic person you would have already killed yourself by now if you were that empathetic that you cared about all 300,000 people dead because at this point it is and it sadly it's a statistic it's not you know you can't I don't know it's it's I think I don't know where like I saw this quote was like, uh, like one person dying is a tragedy. A lot of people dying or like 300,000 people dying. So it's a statistic. And it's true because it's like, you can only feel so empathetic for 300,000 people. You know what I mean? Like if you actually felt the, the fucking gravity of one person dying times 300,000, you would have killed yourself by now. And guess what? The pandemic did make a lot of people kill themselves. So that's another sad thing. So, I mean, just in general, this year has been surrounded by death from like celebrities dying like Kobe and Pop Smoke. I'm forgetting the Chadwick Boseman dying. Like there's a lot of people that died this year combined with just regular people that died combined with, you know, people that died because of the virus and then combined with people that died because of the lockdowns. It's been all death. Hopefully next year, I want to see what I what is the year of. I think I'm going to keep doing this like in a yearly basis, like recapping the year, obviously, and saying what the year was. I would say for 2020, it was the year death. And that's sad and that's fucking dark. But it, if you look at everything, you look at the general vibe of the shit. And I mean, I can tell you this also this year has been the year I've seen the most car crashes out of any year in my whole fucking life. So that should also tell you something. But, you know. It is the year of death, but it hasn't been the year of death for me. Maybe it has. I think my fucking spirit has died, bro. I don't know. That's a little <laughs> dramatic to say, but now I want to talk about my personal journey before I end this podcast. And I mean, one thing I've learned, here's what I've learned from this year. Because three things in turn, and you know, when I talk about personal journeys, there's been some good things. Let me focus on the good things. And then I'll talk about the bad things. Have my own apartment, have my own car, right? Was able to work through a fucking pandemic when a lot of people are losing their jobs and houses. I was able to find a new job that paid me enough to find an apartment, right? Like, you know, I have a fucking, I have so much shit. I have a fucking sofa. I have, you know, my own set pretty much. I have a kitchen. I have my bedroom. I have a fucking nice TV. I have a nice speaker. I have a PS4. I have a fucking, you know, I have a laptop. 
I'm so grateful for all this shit. I, you know, for my birthday, I was given a record player, which is one of the things I've always wanted. So, you know, those are all the good things. Like, really, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great, right? Like, in terms of my overall living and what really matters, I'm doing fantastic. Now, let's get to the dark shit. Not dark, but, like, the, the stupid, like, love shit. Here's what I learned with love and, like, the certain romantic uh what's that word entanglements i've been this year <laughs> this is a funny word because i don't want to say relationship i guess talkings romantic talkings i've had this year with these with three it's been with three lovely ladies um the thing i've learned and this is gonna sound kind of depressing maybe but i i have a role man like in the universe something i've realized like i've had this almost a spiritual awakening that I don't know if I'm going to change my mind on or we're, we'll see how this theory goes. But as of right now, my theory, at least with me, in romantic entanglements, romantic talkings, it's just I'm in a role. I have I, I, I think the universe has punished me for trying to get out of this role that I'm supposed to be in. And right now, that role is to be the guy that women are friends with. It's not for me to be in an actual relationship. And I've tried to get out of this role three times this year. And all three times I've been slapped down and like hurt badly, like deeply hurt. But it's it, it, so that's what this was crazy about it. Right. Like, you know, like, for example, the first way is like I started talking to to the uh, I don't want to say it, yeah to this girl, the girl to to this girl who's the reason I started the podcast because it was the, the she's the girl I've been in, you know entangled with the, for the longest the beginning of this year things were seemingly fine but then things got bad and you know it, it, it you know it, you know it's like i got an apartment and i was hopefully trying to win her over with that and apparently that didn't do shit because she just fell more in love with her boyfriend whatever the fuck happened you know i don't even want to i don't even feel like talking anymore i feel like i've been talking for a long time but i'm, I'm just gonna end and and I'm going to end pretty quickly, but I just want to talk about these three instances. So, you know, um, with her, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, so the role is of me being a friend of somebody and, like, being second or, like, pushed aside for somebody who's cooler, for somebody who will get women, who f women find more interesting and, and exciting. I'm not exciting for women. I'm not the cool guy. I'm, like, the stable like regular, the perfect guy for you to be married with 10 years from now. That's my fucking role. And I've been trying to get out of that three times. And all three times, I've been slapped down by the universe worse and worse and worse. The first time it was this girl who I'm thinking, okay, now I finally moved out. Maybe this will be the thing that gets her to come to me and leave her boyfriend. Nope, she's still with the boyfriend. I'm still the friend. I come second. He comes first. Fuck. Okay. That was that. Then you go to this other girl I was talking to, right? Who kind of came out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere. Um, you know, we had known each other. We were friends. Um, and we met up after she came from Puerto Rico and, you know, she's now living in the United States. We met up. Things were going great. Month goes by. Nope. I don't want any relationship right now. And she did tell me that. So that's unfair of me. But then she acted like she was my girlfriend. You know, she was like giving me pet kisses. Don't give me pet kisses if you're going to be fucking other guys. Because <laughs> then now I can't trust what I'm kissing. Maybe I'm kissing his fucking dick. I don't know. But that was another thing, right? Where I was like, oh, maybe this is going somewhere. Okay, maybe. No. Still the friend. I'm going to explore these other more interesting and cool guys. And exciting guys. They're just like the guy that is very stable. That was the second time. And I was hurt by that. But I could understand, I guess. Because there was some sort of game being played. And she had just gotten out of a relationship a year before. So she was trying to experiment and just have fun. I could understand that, but then the way to end the year with the fucking, you know, and I'm, I'm going to get into more this more next week when I have my friend, uh, I'm hoping to get CD on a podcast next episode, uh, for episode one Oh three. I don't know if I will, I'm going to text him and see, bro, can, are you able to record next Monday? Cause I want to record an episode with him, but, um, the way to end this year, and I'm just going to give this a little bit of a hint. Cause like I said, I want to really delve deep into this situation next week, but then I'm thinking, okay, it's about November, December. What a way to end the year. Let me try to talk to this girl now who I'm 
98% sure likes me back. Everything is letting me know that she likes me back. So, you know, I understand I am kind of the friend. But, hey, maybe I found somebody that does see me as a really... Nope! You're still just a friend. And I like this other cooler, more interesting, more exciting guy. You're cool, but I'm putting you to the side because I like this person better. And that's what it is. All these women just want to experiment and have fun because they know it's going to get to a point where they're going to come back to me. And that's my fucking role. That's what I need to understand. I want you guys to understand that now I understand that my fucking role as a romantic partner is to be the guy the women come back to years later because now they're tired of dealing with all the bullshit and now they've had their fun and now they're tired of that. So now they want to come back to a guy that's just very, you know, fucking, it's just cool. It, well, not cool. Maybe the opposite of cool. It's just kind of boring but stable and it's like you can build a foundation with, with their life. That's what they're looking for. Ten years after, you know, by the time they're 30, that's when they're looking for. And that's where I'm really going to thrive, not only with my fucking career, but, you know, with possibly fame, with success from the podcast and this YouTube channel, all that shit, and then women. And that's when it's going to come my time. But for now, I've learned that my role has been just to be the guy that's pushed to the fucking side and the, the cool guy friend. You know what I mean? Like friend zone in a way, but I don't even like using the friend zone term because it's like... You know, it's, it's stupid. It's a weird connotation with it. But that's pretty much what it is. It's like the friend zone guy. And it's just, you know, they're going to come back to me years later. But right now, they're not going to want to be with you. They want the more interesting and exciting guy. So what can I do knowing that information? Now, knowing that information, all I can do is simply just work on my craft and get better at it and get successful. And then just wait until it's my time where like women now want to settle down. I'm the settle down guy. And I keep coming to this fucking conclusion. But then there's like women that always that I feel like like me and they start doing certain shit. I'm like, they obviously like me and they probably do. But they're almost just kind of keeping me as an option. Right. Like that's really what I've been and what my role is for now. So in the way that I'm going to kind of help myself stay in this role that I'm in, that the universe has put me in. That is probably a great role and is really going to come to its peak when I'm like 30, 35, 40. Um. What I've done is, like, I'm not using social media personally anymore. Like, I'm trying my best not to fucking browse through Instagram or Twitter because those are the places where, like, I see a beautiful woman. I can't help but flirt, bro. Like, I saw this girl um, who's been on the podcast. There's a hint. Um, who she posted, like, a story, right? And, and like, she was singing, uh, you know, lip syncing all beautiful and shit. And I saw it. And I'm like... My and this is the time I'm supposed to not be on Instagram, but I'm like, I cracked, you know, like I gave in and was looking through stories and I saw this girl and like her lips look fucking beautiful. And I it, like I was literally on the verge of commenting some shit like those lips look delicious. I love I want to taste them. And I just stopped myself because that's me trying to get out of my role. I'm like trying to be this guy that I'm not like the exciting guy, the like flirty guy. That's not who I am, but that's what I'm thinking inside. And I was about to comment it, but that was just going to lead to another fucking disaster because it was going to be a thing of like a month of flirting and like getting to know each other and knowing, okay, this guy, you know, maybe, you know, like in the talking stage and then only for it to be like, all right, I just like this other guy better. He's more exciting. And that was going to be what was going to happen. So now that's why I'm not using social media because I know that's the type of shit that will happen to me if I get on social media. I'm going to get myself right back to the same situation. And that's why I'm saying I feel like the universe is trying to tell me to stay in this role. Because it's like, bro, it's like <laughs> I've been brought down to the same exact spot three times in a year with three different women. That's crazy. That At that point, you just it's like three strikes and you're out. It's like you had to recognize... Okay, I, th I tried three times to three different women, three different situations, completely different situations, three completely different women that are not alike at all. And, and you always end up back in the same situation. It's like, just stay in your place, bro. Stay in your role and your time will come. You just got to be patient. But for now, that's just not who you are. And that's the one thing I've learned this year. Besides this being the year of death, this is also the year that I realized my role. And now I know what my role is. All right, that's it for this fucking specially long episode of 2020. <laughs> my brain is fucking scrambled, bro. I usually don't talk for this much. But this has been episode 102 of the Empty Opinions Podcast with Eladio Polanco, which is 
me. Um, yeah, and uh, that's it. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week for episode 103. You know what to do. Follow me on social media, Twitter, and Instagram, at E-L-A-D-I-O Talks, even though I'm not really posting shit on there. I post from time to time. Maybe I'll post a tweet or maybe I'll post a story and just dip real quick so I don't... So I just post shit so I stay active, but I don't really get involved into all the bullshit. Um, and uh, if subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, need those subs. Uh, that's kind of the hub that I'm hoping for the brand uh, moving into 2021. That's kind of what I want the hub to be on YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just type empty opinions. I think I already have a, 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 a um, I think I already have a, a, custom name so i think it should be youtube.com slash c slash empty opinions that should be the channel so just put that on the link or just look it up on google or youtube it's gonna pop up and uh if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please rate it five stars so it can get my fucking rankings up but all right that's it for this episode thank you guys so much for watching this episode that's it this is the last episode of 2020 how crazy has this year been i can't wait to see you guys next year for 2021 merry christmas happy holidays happy new year you know 2021 is going to be even crazier than this year at least for the brand not in the world because if it gets crazy next year than it was this year might not make it out alive but for the brand i'm talking it's gonna be crazier bigger guests you best believe i'm gonna try to get at least like three really big fucking guests on this podcast like i promise you you know i'm gonna keep trying out new content i'm gonna really try to grow my youtube channel i'm gonna do a lot of shit next year so please stay around for the for the you know for the journey uh you won't you won't regret it you're gonna be i to anybody who's listening i just want to say this before we head into 2021 Thank you so much for listening, first of all. Thank you for checking out any sort of content that I've done this year. I tr- it truly means a lot to me. It's, it, it feels like I'm doing shit and people are listening, right? I don't feel like I'm just doing it to the void. And I really appreciate that. And just know that you are part of something that is going to be very special in the future. 5, 10, 15 years from now. You guys are in the beginning stages of like this brand, this which will be like a company and just a, a overall known brand that you're going to be like, yeah, I was checking out his shit before he was popular, before he's as big as he is now. I'm one of the early adopters. Just know that that's what's going to happen. So I appreciate all of you and just know that things are only going to keep getting bigger and bigger uh, in the next couple of years. But yeah, that's it for this episode. Um, thank you guys so much for watching and or listening to this episode, episode 102, 2020 wrapped, aka the year of death. And I'll see you guys next week for episode 103. Peace.